0: welcome this is wacky wednesday here on the arrowhead attic channel i'm adam best here as always with the golden voice of sterling holmes and the birthday boy the amazing producer richard make sure to send him some warm birthday wishes do you know that do you know his uh, his birthday i didn't know either but a little a little birdie told me so i have to celebrate our wonderful man behind the scenes
1: Dude, Richard, I know you're not going to respond right now, but you dirty dog, you. I've stayed at your home. I know where you live and you didn't tell me it was your birthday. Happy birthday. You're a good dude. Great dude.
0: So how are you feeling? We're, we're off the schneid. The, we kind of, everything feels kind of back on the right track. The number one seed is within our reach, right? Yeah. We might be. Slipping
1: out of wide wide receiver purgatory. Dude, I'm thrilled. Things are great here in Kansas City. The the coaching staff got their act together. They finally shrunk down the wide receiver room, barring is because of injuries. Mahomes was a vintage Mahomes performance from him. Some of those throws looked like throws we've not seen this year. The offensive line, for the most part, is starting to get right. The defense adjusted for the first time. They've actually had to adjust all season long. And oh yeah, Harrison Butker is still perfect. Yes. Still perfect. He's actually one of three kickers on pace to be one of three kickers all time to not miss a field goal or an extra point in a season. Things are good here in chief's kingdom. Knock on wood.
0: We're not trying to jinx you. you know, and I, the juju with kickers is very delicate. Just wow. like juju's knee.
1: Ooh, Sorry. Was that, a, was, that, was that a shot that I shouldn't take? And I, I apologize. Yeah. I mean, we should have fond feelings of, of juju. He, uh, The only shot I I don't want to take is Malort, so I apologize. Gotcha.
0: Well, we got a jam-packed show for you guys. We'll dissect this week's opponent and then break down Wanya Morris, a rookie tackle who I think is flashing. So here to brief us on the Green Bay Packers, let's welcome in Spencer from the Poor Man's Packers podcast. Spencer, thanks for
2: being with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Growing up, I was always called Spencer. So this is very (laughs) weird for me. This is like all of my parents' friends. That was me. I was Spencer.
2: Yeah. And I was, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand, but I have a younger brother named Sterling. So the fact that you opened up and told me that, I'm like, that is just crazy. That is absurd that that happens.
1: My parents' friends would have zero idea who is who then. The amount of (laughs) Sterling Spencers that would be getting thrown around would be
2: asinine. Yeah, that's wild. That's what I'm used to, because usually mom would say Spencer Strilling or whoever, whoever you are, just come over here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, we have a little bit more synergy because I'm married into a Packers family, uh, a hardcore Packers family. My father-in-law is from Wisconsin, uh, Oskosh, actually. And uh, yeah, I tease them about dumping MVS on us and they they get a good (laughs) a good chuckle out of that because uh, he's basically right now exactly what they warned me he would be so yeah good times
2: yeah yeah the tricky mvs express we'd always say you get on the bandwagon and hop off and it seems like it's a lot more of hopping off lately for you guys
0: unfortunately yes well we have six (laughs) questions for you so let's crack open that six pack (sighs) green bay quarterback jordan love is 15th in expected points added per play Over the season, but the last three weeks, he's fifth top five. What's behind this sudden surge?
2: I really think it's just been the team around him kind of getting their stuff together, you know, because even early on when Jordan Love was struggling statistically and everything, it's like he was a issue, a problem on offense or the team in general, but he was never, you know, the top of the list. It's always the young pass catchers or the banged up offensive line you know, the group of pass catchers that we have right now are the youngest in NFL history. On top of that, Matt LaFleur decided to bring back his entire coaching staff from the previous year. So Jason Vrabel, who this is the first group of receivers he's ever coached, his first time getting a room to coach up. He was also promoted to our pass game coordinator last year, which I don't know if you guys remember, but Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. I mean, Watson had his He was very streaky last year, but even Sammy Watkins, a veteran, couldn't really get on the same page with Rodgers. And now the beginning of this year, it was kind of the same thing where everyone was out of sync, the banged off offensive line. They've gotten healthy, and now it seems like the receivers are finally starting to get their act together, a lot less drop passes too. I know it's like kind of dumb football talk, but it's like, yeah, we started catching the football, and the offense started to play better. And that's kind of what it's been you know oh you're talking to the right people about that then you're here in Kansas City (laughs) yes too so I don't know it's just everyone getting on the same page and we're actually looking like an offense again early on in the year I mean the Broncos game and the Raiders game we thought those were going to get be the get right games and that's when we were at the lowest of lows that's the worst I felt as a fan in like the last 10 years because I'm like My God, we're not winning games, and I don't know if we have a quarterback. In the last three weeks, everyone's been a lot more optimistic.
1: Let's stick with Christian Watson now. He's He's entering his second season there in Green Bay. He had, as you mentioned, a very up and down. But overall, I'd pretty much say it was a very nice rookie season. He broke out of a slump against the Lions. Is he starting to really turn a corner here?
2: I don't know. He is such a frustrating player. And we've already brought up MVS a few times, but that's kind of the guy who pops up for comparisons at times. I like to think of him as like a super MVS, but he's the only guy on the roster who can bring that type of speed and stretch the field. No one else can really do that. But very slow start, and it's always just about potential with him. You know, His RAS score was almost like a 10, but coming out of NDSU, it's just... Very streaky, where his route tree isn't very refined, but then he'll have games where all of a sudden he busts off and he's he looks incredible. You know, last year against the Cowboys, he had two drops before he had two touchdowns to finish that game, and even just this year, you know, I mean, we were asking for kind of less snaps for him. Even you know that game against the Chargers, for example, Dontavian Wicks, a rookie, had three receptions for 91 yards. He only, he only played 24 snaps. Christian Watson had two receptions for 21 and he played twice as many snaps as him. So we like the youth we have at the receiver group, but it's kind of tough to figure out who should get what snaps here. And Christian Watson just kind of seems like that guy who, you know, that potential. It's always about that potential, but we haven't always gotten that return. Obviously, the Thursday Thanksgiving game, seeing him out there and actually high pointing balls. It just seems like at times... He hasn't like grown into his body yet. Like, he still isn't great at the deep balls. He, he, again, his route tree isn't super refined. So it's kind of a wait and see with him. I'm more excited about the rookies we have than even Romeo Dobbs and Watson at this point. Well, we were big Jaden Reed backers heading into draft season here
0: on this show, and and talked about it many times.
1: No, don't don't throw me, and I was wrong. I was a Cedric Tillman <laughs> guy. I'm an idiot. Come on, I trust me. You know, I'll, I'll pump my chest when I I was all over CJ Stroud, but you were over Reed, so I got to give you credit. there best,
0: but also I'm a big Christian Watson guy because his rookie season yards per route run that put him in a class with like Chris Olave. Odell Beckham, AJ Brown, Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson. I might be missing one person, but basically everyone who has put up that yards per out run as a rookie has turned into a superstar. So I just thought, man, he's going to come back, be more mm-hmm. technically refined, be a little stronger, know the game a little bit better after having some, some big time coaching because he played at a smaller school. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's injuries or just bad chemistry with a different quarterback, but it's, it's been kind of frustrating to see him kind of regress.
2: Yeah, and that's why I brought up Jason Vrabel's name earlier, too. Obviously, I'm not in the coaching room or anything like that. But you just look at the amount of experience he has. And before this year, you know, the, his first year coaching, he had Devontae Adams in the room. Well, I would like to think Devontae probably taught him more than Jason taught Devonte Adams. You know, and now without that veteran presence in there, I'm not sure who's really leading that room. Like even today in the presser. Matt LaFleur talked about Bo Melton being a good veteran guy in there. Bo Melton's an undrafted dude who's been kicked around the league for like three years here. And you look at who's consistently been more productive for this team. It is the rookies, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, and then Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia, who I know their coaching situation wasn't the best last year. But compared that to Christian Watson, NDSU, and Romeo Dobbs from Nevada. It's just there's been a slower process from the second-year guys from the rookies this year. I mean, drops... Inexperienced uh,
0: wide receiver coach. We are the Spider-Man pointing meme right now. It's <laughs> very similar to what we're going through in Kansas City. We've got a guy named Connor Embry, who is very inexperienced compared to uh, some of these other coaches coaching premium positions. Let's stick with premium positions. Let's talk about edges. I've been very impressed with Rashawn Gary. When it comes to pass rush win rate, his is 21.9%. The only people he trails, this is a fantastic list to be a part of Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa. That's it. How will he challenge the Chiefs' new tackles?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's he doesn't have the most exotic set of pass rush moves. You know, whenever we get a replay of a sack, it's usually a bull rush. That's what he does. And after he got his contract extension like a month ago, he kind of had a bit of a lull. He wasn't getting those sacks, but it's all about that pass rush win rate, the pressures you get. And even last year before he tore his ACL, I think uh, Crosby was the only guy who had a better pass rush win rate last year as well. So I don't it's one of those where he just grinds and I think he just wears away at the offensive line. And eventually he just makes actual plays on the ball. Not the best in the run game, like any good pass rusher. It does seem like the way to slow him down is to run at him. So we'll just have to see. I think he's really benefited from a decent uh, defensive line, too. Um, One of the things from last year, if you remember the Packers, the last four games is when the defense really came on. We had a little playoff push. Well, one of the things I think was a big benefit of that was Dean Lowry, a defensive lineman we had who left and signed with Minnesota this year. Well, once he got hurt and was on IR, our defense looked incredible. And now with a couple of young pass rushing defensive linemen we have, I think it's just opened up everyone else on the front there.
1: How do you think or or how will he line up, I should say, against the Chiefs tackles with Donovan Smith? You know, he's a big bodied dude at left tackle. Juwan Taylor, you know, he's very quick feet at right tackle. Uh, Any idea where you think he's going to try and take advantage of those guys?
2: You know, he usually lines up on the right tackles. They do move him around a little bit. I know even last week they moved him inside a bit as well, which we used to do with Zadarius Smith. So, yeah. you know, we always complain about Joe Barry, our defensive coordinator. Again, he doesn't he doesn't really come up with anything sophisticated. It's pretty much like whoever has their hand in the dirt is going to rush forward. There's nothing too exotic with this defense. So... I don't it's really just beating the man in front of you. And that's what Rashawn Gary seems to do more often than not.
1: Yeah, Uh, I want to talk about the offensive line. You know, obviously tackle David Bakhtiari has only played one game. He's been seemingly perpetually injured. We know how talented he is. But again, you, you can't be that great if you're always injured. At least that won't shine through. And then guard Elton Jenkins, as well as tackle Josh Nyman, have missed time as well. How is the offensive line overall holding up?
2: You know, going into the season, I think it's the one thing we thought we could we'd be able to hang our hat on and count on going into it, but they've been very inconsistent. Obviously, you know, bringing up David Bakhtiari, his health has been incredibly inconsistent. So he had the one game his knee flared up and I'm not sure if we're going to see him put on a Green Bay Packers jersey again. But with that, we've had Josh Nyman, who you mentioned as well, him and Rashid Walker, who was a 7th round draft pick last year out of Penn State. They've been rotating Lately at the left tackle position, which is kind of weird. You don't see that too much in the NFL. And then in the middle there, Josh Myers, our center. He's struggled a bit at the beginning of the year. He's starting to got get his stuff together. John Running, the right guard. He's the one we've been asking for to get benched for Sean Ryan, the third round pick last year, who made some noise in training camp, but for whatever reason, can't crack the starting lineup. And then uh, Zach Tom, our right tackle, one of the more interesting offensive lineman in the league, kind of like Elton Jenkins, who can play just about every position. Zach Tom, Brian Gutekunst, our GM, who said this this offseason, I believe, when they drafted him, they expected him to be their long-term answer at center. Well, that's the one position he hasn't played in the NFL, and he's been really, really good as an undersized right tackle. You know, he did pretty well against Hutchinson last week. The, the Lions didn't get a single sack on us. It was such a huge improvement from the game back at the end of september early october when we played him at lambeau when they thrashed us and had five sacks to thursday when we were healthy they didn't have a single sack on jordan love so there has been improvement but we'll just have to see you know who hopefully we can stop with the rotation and figure out who's actually going to be starting here on out
0: i really liked zach tom coming out of wake forest i thought he was an excellent pick who kind of flew under the radar so you know i i it's kind of amazing how even through all these injuries, Green Bay keeps plucking kind of good offensive line talent out of obscurity, and they just constantly reloading. I think that's that's very impressive. Let's move on to the running game. It's kind of banged up right now. You have both Aaron Jones, who is dealing with a knee injury, and then A.J. Dillon, I think, popped up on the injury report with a groin issue. So who's going to be running the ball this Sunday?
2: If I had a bet right now, I still think AJ Dillon's going to play that groin injury. He was on the injury report going into the Lions game too. So it might just be some rest before you know getting into uh, the game week or this weekend. But I would watch to see the injury report on Friday. Usually if those guys are practicing then, that means they're going to play. Aaron Jones, I'd be surprised if he plays that game against the Chargers. We thought he tore his ACL. We thought his his uh, career with the Packers was over. And apparently it was just an MCL sprain, which is crazy. So Patrick Taylor, an undrafted guy who's been with the team for the last three years out of Memphis. I like him. For whatever reason, the Packers don't like him so much. He only had like three carries last week to A.J. Dillon. I think he had like 14. And A.J. Dillon's just... He's a lot better to look at than watch play football. You know, the massive quads and everything. But he just... There's very little that's impressive about his game. I mean, the last few weeks, he's improved a lot, but it's almost he's more of a pass-catching back than an actual between-the-tackles guy. You know, on the fourth-and-one play, everyone saw him run into Jordan Love. and It was
1: hilarious. I, I, what? You're you're basically a fullback who can't yes. run straight ahead. The body and his skill set don't seem to mesh. It really makes me laugh.
2: Maybe a vision thing, you think? A lot of that is the vision thing. Even back when we played the Falcons, for instance, when Elton Jenkins got hurt, he got hurt because A.J. Dillon ran into him from behind when he had a hole just to the right of him, you know? So it's these little things like that. And, you know, there's a lot worse backs in the league. I just, you know, using a second round pick on a running back and one that's described as a unicorn because of how fast he can run and how big he is. We really wish we got a lot more out of him, especially when Aaron Jones goes down. You would have thought A.J. Dillon could, you know, take a handle of the, of the running back room. And that just hasn't happened. We also have James Robinson, the old Jaguars running back. He's on our practice squad. If Aaron Jones is out, he's probably going to get called up and suited up for Sunday, but yeah, it's not great.
1: Doug. I've always liked James Robinson. It makes no sense. In my opinion, he he rushed for over a K as a rookie with the Jags when they weren't good. Like, and then all of a sudden they're like, nah, he's done. I think Uh, it's the
0: Achilles, you know, that's a tough uh, injury to come back from still. uh,
1: I, I know, but and part of this is really funny because a lot of the things that you're saying are so similar to Kansas City. The difference is the Chiefs have an amazing defense, a really good offensive line, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid. But you're talking about the young wide receivers who are very inconsistent. You don't know who really is the best of the bunch. You're talking about spending a high draft pick on a running back and getting <laughs> hardly anything valuable in return. You know, Clyde, obviously, and then AJ Dillon. It just makes me laugh because there, there actually is a lot of similarities between some of the. Um, I guess, I don't know, recent draft picks, but as far as some of the recent young dudes at certain positions, it it, it is kind of interesting here.
0: I also believe that the two franchises that have won the most games over the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I know the Chiefs are one, but I I know the Packers are up there as well, very close to
1: one of those top spots. So, Yeah, Uh, I do want to say, I want to hear an X factor from the Packers roster that people might be sleeping on.
2: You know, I've got two of them I was thinking about, and I mentioned them earlier, but Duntavion Wicks, again, out of Virginia, he's been, we keep waiting for him to have his coming out party. And the Thanksgiving Day game, he was out with a concussion. He's been practicing this week, so he should be good to go Sunday. But the game before that was against the Chargers. Like I mentioned earlier, he had the three receptions for 91 yards, but he's just special. When he gets the ball in his hands, he just cuts upfield, no-nonsense football player. And to get him back, like I said, I'm just waiting for someone who can consistently catch the ball and get yards after the catch, which we haven't had a ton of in this offense the last few years. And he's he's the guy that if someone's going to bust off, I think it's going to be him. There's also Tucker Craft, who's tight end one right now with Luke Busgrave. Lacerating his kidney against the Chargers and still playing the last quarter through it, he didn't even tell the coaching staff that he was hurt until after the game. Then he had to go to the hospital. But oh. Tucker Craft, the third round draft pick out of South Dakota State, he had his first touchdown of his career last week against the Chargers. He had a really nice reception down the sideline where he almost scored. You know, he didn't have a ton. He wasn't super involved in the pass game against uh, Detroit. But, man, he, he's the other guy, too, where maybe not in this game, but his potential's looking up. And there is that room with Musgrave out that he could, you know, take that step this week too. a
0: jackrabbit. Right. He he went to a school that's kind of becoming famous for producing tight ends. Dallas Goddard also went there. So, yep. Uh, and Adam Vinatieri, I believe, South Dakota State. Yeah, they got some kickers go. in their blood, too. Mm hmm. And and what about a final score prediction for us before we get you out of here?
2: You know, before the lion before the Lions game, I th- I had a feeling we'd get killed by the Lions and then beat the Chiefs. Like at Lambo, I thought, you know, sneaky, maybe we're in it, because you guys have been struggling, you know, more more than you have, you know, the last few years, it seems like. But then after we crushed the Lions and Looking at how you guys finally had a second half offense, which again it's like the inverse thing where we we've, we've been terrible on offense of the first half, and you guys have been terrible on offense of the second half. It's weird how there are these uh, connections going on, but I think it's been three or four good games of Jordan Love, and I think we're due for a clunker. You guys obviously remember back in 2020 when he started uh, in Kansas City. Was that was Spags on the hot seat back then too, as your defensive coordinator, or was he sitting pretty I, back then?
0: I think Spags has always been sitting pretty. The fan base is just okay. insane about okay. him because okay. you know cool. I, I think he's until this year he just didn't have great talent on that defense all around, sure. and he kind of made uh, you know he kind of made everyone look better. And I okay. think it's just it's all, I mean I hear about Joe Barry all the time, given my family, <laughs> but but I, I think he deserves it a little bit more. But also, it's easier to say the defensive coordinator is the problem than say we've got five or six weak spots on yes. the defense and have to be like honest with yourself as a fan. So I think some of that happens with Spags. But yeah, bad situation for Jordan Love. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets COVID. He has to prepare for Arrowhead, his first mm-hmm. start ever against you know game-planning Spags. I, I didn't hold that game against him. I mean, who, who really can?
2: Yeah, that was a really tough spot to be in. And it seemed like to, obviously, I don't pay attention to the Chiefs as much, but that's when Spags really started blitzing. And maybe he kept going with that sense of sentiment because that's what Jordan Love struggled with. That's what I think they're prepping for, expecting going into this game. So I've got a score. What did I have? I think 19 to 27 is what I had. Packers losing this game. But I don't know Lambeau feel. I guess it depends if Taylor Swift's gonna be there. I'm sure you guys love talking about that uh, this year too. But we have Simone Biles, obviously the Olympian. She is um, married to Jonathan Owens, our safety, so she might be there too. We're hoping that'll get. We'll have some celebrity. What about little Press Box thing going on, huh? Little Wayne? Yeah, Little Wayne. I don't know. I Little Wayne's fine. I don't. He pops up every couple of years, I guess. But he like led the team out of the tunnel.
1: Wait, is he Earlier from New Orleans? So he, yeah. Yes,
2: he's from New Orleans, and I do like his story. You know, sometimes you get celebrities and you're like, you're not a real fan. But growing up, you know, the Packers with Brett Favre won their Super Bowl 1996 in New Orleans, and he said he became a fan because his dad came home and had all this Packers Super Bowl gear. So he started wearing it, and from there on out, he was just a Packer fan. So it's stuck with him ever since. I'm like, I can, I can respect that.
1: Hmm. Uh, before i let you go here spencer how many wheels of cheese do you possess in your fridge
2: uh, you know i do have one of the little bags of like white cheddar rolls yeah, what, what was that
1: word the, the the word with a b
2: huh the word with a b <laughs> brie cheese what the words you said how do, how do you say b-a-g-s don't let him do this do you oh bags do i say it bad <laughs>
1: no it's, i can tell you're from you're from wisconsin
2: yeah i was deer hunting two weeks ago too so i'm a true i'm a true wisconsinite no i've authentic yeah we've got a couple very small rolls of cheese so don't worry just a snack on them, put on crackers i'm not too crazy more of i don't like cold cheese i like heated cheese mozzarella sticks you can even i like i'm such a sicko i get parmesan cheese heat up a frying pan and just sprinkle it on there and get those little hot cheesecakes oh yeah i'm a i'm a weirdo but i'm a wisconsinite what can i say
0: well thank you so much for joining us spencer it's been a blast good luck on sunday all right hey thanks you guys too
1: oh that's hilarious i'm a big cheese guy myself but i'm not really a warm cheese guy i see i'm the opposite i have a whole bunch of blocks of cheese in my in my fridge just got a new tennessee whiskey bourbon cheese i'm really intrigued to try it
0: no uh no fun doing
1: for you I like fondue, but like, I, I don't like soft cheeses necessarily. And I don't want the cheeses like thrown in a pan and then like crusty. That doesn't do anything for me. That what about get- queso? Queso? Queso is great. Queso is real good. I, I don't like crusty, warm cheese. Does that make sense? You know, like when you get, when they put like some of the Parmesan in a pan to get like the little cakes, I'm out on that. Like even cheese curds, kind of out on. Like yeah. I, maybe I'm too classy over here, but uh it might be um, just
0: a texture thing or a visual thing, too. A you big know?
1: texture guy.
0: Okay, so big it's a texture texture thing. guy. Well, everyone, be sure to check out the Poor Man's Packers podcast if you want to learn more about our opponent this week. But now, some business before we move on to Hot Take Kingdom.
1: Yeah, everyone, if you are looking to bet, to have some fun... Quick reminder that Arrowhead Addicts is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new Sleeper Daily Fantasy user. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on screen to see if you qualify.
0: This week's Hot Take Kingdom, I'm excited about it because it's kind of a continuation of a little battle, friendly battle, that you and Connor have had. On the Tuesday show,
1: I know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know what you're doing. I, hey, let me cook. I got to get on, in on it too. You know, kid, this kid, is, kid,
1: is is Matt Connor going to come out like it's WWE? Like is he going to come walking in, just going to hear some music? And
0: by God, that's Matt Connor's music. No, no, it's just you and me. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have any any outside interference. You know, when the ref isn't looking in hot taking them, that's not uh-huh. how we roll. So. This week's Hot Take Kingdom is, since Donovan Smith is struggling at left tackle, the Chiefs should start rookie Wanya Morris instead. Welcome to the kingdom. (music) Gotta get the little dance in there. The fans love it. So, the... (laughs) The Chiefs are racking up too many penalties. Would you agree with that, that the penalties are just...
1: Yeah, it's 24 between Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. And no, that's not a hyperbole. They have 24 penalties between those two dudes. And I kind
0: of think, especially with the way referees are really watching, not only Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, uh, and and I think because of who Jawan Taylor plays next to, Trey Smith, but LeJair Sneed, penalties could wind up being our Achilles heel down the stretch and into the playoffs. So would love to
1: see that get cleaned up. Yeah. Just one quick tidbit on that. I, I'm with you, but with Andy Reed as the, as the head coach, there's always been a lot of penalties. Like this is nothing new for an Andy Reed, uh, Andy Reed led team, which is kind of interesting because he, I know he's a player's coach and all that, but he does seem to run a pretty tight ship. You know, a lot of veterans, a lot of great head, a lot of coaches underneath him, obviously as well. Right. A lot of dudes have gotten opportunities elsewhere, I've always wondered, why has there always been this undisciplined mantra of penalties? The Chiefs have always had it under Andy Reid. They've been able to overcome it. This year's a little different, though, with an offense that's less explosive than it has been in the past.
0: I don't even think this is a conspiracy theory, but when you are the top dog and other teams are watching you or trying to get advantages on you, trying to catch up, I think it makes sense that other teams are going to complain to the refs. Hey, 38. He holds all the time. He holds our receivers. Hey, Juwan Taylor over there. He jumps way too early. And, you know, referees hear that before every game. They're going to be watching for that stuff. So, like you said, Juwan Taylor is the most penalized player in the league. But Donovan Smith has a long track record there. A longer track record of being heavily penalized than even Taylor. And if you look at their contracts, the Chiefs have no long-term commitment to Donovan Smith and their financial commitment this year is, is basically nil. And Jawan Taylor, I mean, they are heavily, heavily invested in him long term. They made a big, sizable bet, one that you weren't too fond of this offseason. And I think we'd agree that he has more talent and more upside than Smith, even if he hasn't been what we had hoped for so far.
1: Oh, agreed. So
0: you can't, you just cannot go away from J- Jawan Taylor. I don't even think that's an option. So we have to look at Donovan Smith. And I think he's been shaky. There have been moments where I'm like, "Eh, I think he's coming around. He looked better for a a two-week stint, but then he always kind of crashes down. Uh, He has a 59.3 PFF pass blocking grade. He's even worse in the run. That's 46 run blocking grade. He is uh, 15th among tackles in ESPN's pass block win rate. But if you see when he gets beat, it's usually not pretty. And that was kind of a problem with Orlando Brown Jr. You know, uh, untimely sacks allowed, uh, getting beat quick, just big mistakes in key moments. We can't have that. So enter the rookie from Oklahoma, Wanya Morris. We kind of thought he was a toolsy project coming in, but I think it's fair to say he is ahead of schedule. He entered the game last week, immediately picked up two pancakes. I thought he looked like he belonged. Super small sample size. It's five snaps. <laughs> I mean, he, he pancaked. He pancaked Tyree Wilson. That was special. Our really? third round pick pancaking the 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 Raiders' seventh overall pick, who looks like a bust. I mean, yeah, uh, you love you absolutely love to see it. And I, I'm kind of thinking, how much worse than Donovan Smith could he really be? And there's there's a chance he could even be better for the stretch run once he gets his feet wet, you'd also jumpstart start Mahomes' future blindside protector. We know that this guy is the guy on the roster with the highest probability of being that player over the next, say three years or so. So there's an argument to just go ahead and jump in there and I know what you guys are asking. I know it's probably in your head, Stuart, uh, I must call you Stuart.
1: Dude, how dare you at least call me Spencer?
0: I think it's because we had that conversation
1: earlier. No, it's uh, fine. I, People do call me Stu. Long I, story. My really close friend from high school called me Stu Stew or Stuart from, uh, from basketball. They call you Stu
0: because you like to cook. You know, you like to cook out there in the court, right? That's right. So I know what you guys are thinking, but messing with continuity this late in the year is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know. The continuity doesn't come from our tackles, it comes from our center and our guard, that interior offensive line. Also Patrick Mahomes, this is the case every single year. He has the best pressure to sack rate in the league, even though he invites pressure, he's, you know, the best tactical scrambler there is probably that there has ever been. He just doesn't take sacks. So I think he can help negate any blips from a possible learning curve here. Uh, I'm, I'm into the idea again, this is hot take kingdom. So I'm kind of pushing the envelope, but Sterling, you've heard my case. Are you coming into the castle or staying out behind its walls?
1: I am staying out behind its walls. No. Yeah, I tell you, Joshua Clayton says right there. I talked to Tim Grunard literally on Monday, and he said, "Don't do it." Yeah, because I, I brought this question. Actually, I, I posed it for Matt Connor. Right? I was. I Matt Connor's been saying this, and I'm like, "All right, let let me get a NFL." Chiefs Hall of Fame lineman's thought process on this. And he's like, no, you don't do it this late in the season. Continuity. Uh, and he's, it's, again, it's not saying that Wanya Morris is bad, but you don't know. You know what you have with Donovan Smith. And what you have with Donovan Smith is an 8-3 and three record with, quite frankly, not a ton of pressure being put on Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes knows how to operate with Donovan Smith at left tackle at this point in the season, right? Joe Tooney knows what he's going to do. The Chiefs know how to operate with Donovan there as far as does he need help? Against certain players, do we need a chip? Do we need to add a tight end over here? Do we need to have Joe Tooney go this way, shift this way to help him out? You don't know that with Juani. So how many games, how many games is it going to take before you find out what he is, before what his strengths and his weaknesses are? You're eight and three. You're in the stretch run before you hit into the playoffs. You're trying to get the one seed. Why would you Why would you even have the opportunity to do this right now? Why would you even want to do this right now? I understand the thought process. If they're just mad, in, go right ahead, man. I'm all in. It's not Madden. It's real life. I like Wanya Morris. That was my favorite draft pick the Chiefs made. I said it. My favorite draft pick. I don't want to see this year. I don't think Donovan Smith has been that bad. He's not been good. He's been below average, but he's been serviceable. He's been fine, and the Chiefs have been able to win with fine. He's not been the major issue here. He's not. Why would you recognize or why would you go against something that is working right now? Okay. Sometimes the devil, you know. Is better than the devil. You don't,
0: Lauren Shakes. I uh, appreciate that. He says it's a good question for me and a good answer from you, and and that's kind of why we do this. It's uh, a useful thought experiment, I think. You mentioned Joe Tooney. He is first in ESPN pass block win rate, and he is tenth in PFF pass blocking grade. That's among not just guards but centers, tackles, all offensive linemen. So you mentioned that that he's familiar with Donovan Smith. Well, he's such a linchpin there. He's such an anchor that I think any left tackle you stick in there is going to benefit from playing alongside him. Sure. Uh, and 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 also I, I get what you're saying about Donovan Smith is. is It's working, but you could also say the same thing about Marquez Valdez scantling. Like the offense is, is we're, you know, we're eight and three. He had to play some part of that.
1: Yeah, but but, 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 but Hear me out now. Wide receivers been the issue all along. It's why the chiefs have not won more games. What about the offensive line? Have they been the reason the chiefs have lost a game? Now, if you want to say penalties, I'll at least entertain that. I think you can make an argument to an extent, but again, even that, I don't think that was the main issue there. Um, we knew Donovan Smith was going to have penalties. He's going to have about one a game. He's always been a heavy, heavily penalized player. He's not reverted back. It looks like last year was not just a outlier. That was the new Donovan Smith. That is who he is, which is a guy who was really good, but age and injuries have caught up to him. We thought the patchwork offensive line of the Buccaneers was potentially why he had such a steep drop off. But I also think PFF has been a little hard on him. I think he's been a little better than some of the numbers have indicated. Uh, When he gets beat, he does tend to grab but PFF from what I can tell heavily penalizes the player for when they get penalties. Look at the Sneed. Sinead. sneed has been locked down all season long, but because he has a decent amount of penalties, you won't see him anywhere near the top of any PFF rankings, which to me is, is bullshit. Okay. Cause he does it for a reason. You'll, you'll take one catch for eight yards and one penalty for five. Are you serious? Okay. That's two catches for 13. Then he had six straight games of 125 yards receiving. That's locked down
0: yeah they, I mean, they grade Trent McDuffie well. So I think Le Sneed is just one of these players because of he's the most physical corner in the league. so he kind of breaks their system. and I agree it's not it's not representative of how well he plays. Uh, but they just got that one wrong. but but I do think Donovan gets quite a, a bit of penalties and when he gets back when he makes mistakes, it's pretty brutal. It's typically uh, he loses fast, he makes mistakes in big moments. So I kind of agree with, with dinging him more, uh, than, uh, than maybe some other players, not, not so much on the Jairus though. Yeah. Uh, I think if you were going to do this, it would have to happen now against an inferior opponent when, when you still have six games left. But, uh, I probably agree with you that just stick with the, the offensive line that's, that's working, uh, fairly well. And remember, last season we had Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. At this point of the season, we were all still kind of up in the air about whether they were going to make it through the playoff stretch without dooming us. And Andy Heck got them gelling at the right time. And in the Super Bowl, they played their best game they've ever played as a unit. So I think we have to trust the coaching staff once again. But I'm. After seeing just that little glimpse last week, I'm a little bit more excited about Wanya looking forward. I know it's let's like not get at, too far out ahead of our skis, right? But
1: yeah, I mean, again, I, I've always liked Wanya that draft pick. I, I'm I'm a huge fan, so I can't wait to see him. Just hopefully we don't see him this year. I uh, want to give a shout out to Gary he says Sterling. We all. Uh, Sterling, we face all below five hundred teams. If you're going to make this move, this is it. Again, I don't disagree. If you are going to make it against a, as you s- said, best in fear opponents, it makes more sense. I'm just out. I-, I think there's more to it than just facing bad teams. But I get what you're saying, G- uh, Gary. Appreciate that. Jason Tyler says, top 05 percent for AA Pod listeners on Spotify Wrapped this year. Thank you, Jason Taylor. Tyler, you're the man. Jason Tyler, 0.5%. That's great right there. And then also, huge uh, shout out to a TPT Chiefs football podcast for the Super Chat here. It says, what's up, boys? I have one question and one hot take. The Chiefs will average 30 points until playoffs, and should Kelsey, Pacheco, and Rice be priority on offense? Second point, I will say, yes, you get the first one here, Best.
0: On the second point, I think Andy Reid should get like, have you ever seen the movie Memento where the guy has that crazy short-term memory, and he has to tattoo stuff on himself to remember, I think Andy Reid should just tattoo on himself Kelsey Pacheco and Rice because that's who we have to roll through for the rest of the year. No MVS, maybe a dash of Watson, no no Sky, no, like, you know, let's just ride. Let's narrow our, uh, our touches down. Uh, 30 points per game. That's pretty lofty. You know, the Chiefs could get out to a 24 to nothing start and kind of just sleepwalk through the rest of the game. So I'm gonna say no, but I do think their offensive performance and especially their second half offensive performance will be better from here on out. Uh, They found something last week. So let's move on to our next segment, the crowd-pleasing Kansas City stock market.
2: Let's do
1: it, baby. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. It's a wazzy, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust.
0: Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. (laughs) Drew Tranquil deserves more snaps than Willie Gay when Nick Bolton returns and tightens the linebacker rotation. Pump or dump?
2: Oh,
1: bleep you, man. This is tough. The Chiefs really just have four incredible linebackers and they all do things differently. Um, Oh... Slight pump. Willie Gay Jr.'s been so good. He's been so good, but I think Drew Tranquil's been a little better. Uh, damn, best. Honestly, in obvious passing down situations, I wouldn't mind seeing both Willie Gay and Drew on the field, right? Third and 13, third and 10. The Chiefs are they have an abundance of riches at linebacker right now. It's a great problem to have. Like You're talking about four legitimately very good linebackers. Leah Chenault being perpetually underrated now at this point, right? I mean, my goodness, you can mix and match. Keep them all fresh. I like this. I'll slightly pump, but that's a good one there.
0: Yeah, it's a tough question. And I think the answer might actually be to slow play Nick Bolton because he's spent quite a time uh, off the field being injured. And you want to keep all these guys healthy. So maybe it's a luxury to make sure none of these guys are overworked Heading into the playoffs, that they're all fresh and and you know late in the game. Uh, I would say though that I'm I'm a slight pump as well. Willie Gay, he's like to me, he's kind of like a Devin White player where he he's so athletic when he flashes, he looks like the best player on the field in spurts because he. I mean, he's one of the five most athletic linebackers in the league. I don't think that's a stretch, but Drew Tranquil is is such an intellectual player and he's been one of the best blitzers at any position in the league. He has a top 20 pass rush win rate. He's great in coverage. We know that he has a bunch of sacks. Uh, I think, I think why I like drew tranquil so much is his history in college at safety. I imagine spags look at, looks at this guy and says, here's another player kind of like the honey badger where offenses don't really know what I'm doing with him. Because I he's such a versatile chess piece that I can move him all around. He can kind of be uh, he's kind of like the the reverse of uh, oh my gosh I've 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 uh, men in blacked myself on uh, number forty nine. I just don't think. the same. Yeah, I remember the name, but then I was like, I'm just not going to say it anymore.
2: Why?
1: Stop that! I hate fans that just rip on Dirty Dan. I know the ending wasn't great, but he made a lot of big plays and big time. Oh, oh that
0: Houston Texans
1: yeah, historic so comeback! Don't, that, don't, that was all. Don't act like he's uh, le over here. Okay, we're not. We're not playing uh, this game.
0: Le, um, yeah, yeah. We'll. Uh, we need to remember these guys well. I know the ending with him. And Tyron wasn't very good,
1: but uh,
0: yeah, I'm a slight pump.
1: You can also do a little more four three. I know the Chiefs don't typically do a base four three because I love being at a dime nickel sub packages. But let's be real now. We saw it against the Eagles look looked pretty nice. Leo Chenault out there with Willie and Drew. Now you can throw out Nick Bolton, Willie, and Drew, and if they can, they can go up against tight ends. You know, if, if teams are run heavy, I don't hate it.
0: Here's the other thing you can do. Uh, you can occasionally have have five men down in the line and use Leo as as a pass rusher. You can do that too. He he's big enough to uh, to kind of rush the passer a, as kind of a de facto stand up edge. So there are there are options here. He's got a little got oh. a tiny bit of Melvin Ingram in him.
1: Yeah, Spags is just looking around like he just has thirty seven different barbecue spots just all in front of him, and he's just like, yeah, I want some of that. I want some of that. Oh yeah, baked beans from Jack Stack. Yeah, I'll take some of that. Oh, burnt ends, a beef noodle from Gate for the extra hot sauce. Yeah, let me get some of that. Oh, Z Z-Man? Sure, I'm bleeping in. Oh, LC's burnt ends? Yeah, I throw some of those in. Like, he's got it all. That, this is spags right now, baby. The cupboard is full. I got a fun one for you now here. All right, next one on the KC stock market pump or dump. Among wide receivers with 250-plus targets, MVS has the worst Targets per route run rate in the league at nine percent. It's time to bench MVS, pump or dump.
0: Pumping so hard, I just dislocated my hip. I mean, I could not I could not pump harder. I have been on MVS uh all season long. And actually, I got called out on the Thursday show. I, I won't mention any names. I think we all know who's on the Thursday show for being too hard on MVS about a month ago, but but you know. I'm not always right. I was wrong about Sky Moore coming into the season, but on MVS, you know, I like to say he's the world's highest paid jogger. I don't know what he's offering out there because I know he had the good block, but he's not the only wide receiver in the world who can block downfield. I mean, he's good at it. He's got a big frame. He's, he's unselfish, but we've said this time and time again, Justin Watson this year has been a much better version of MVS, more consistent. So why not just give all the snaps to him and, and then, you know, have have rice do his role, uh, hopefully get Katerius back, but even sky Moore, for all his faults, he has some utility. Now he's kind of a replacement level player, but you create these little pop gun touches for him. He gives you a tiny bit of juice. He's he can catch the ball and make something happen once in a while. Same with McColl, but Marquez Valdez, Scantling is a sub replacement level. He 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 looks like an arena league player. I'm sorry to be to be so harsh, but uh, I I worry about him costing this team its season.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm going to win some money off of these wide receiver bets, or at least some 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 prizes here. Uh, Sky Moore over a thousand yards you had it looks like you're going to be growing out a mustache at some point, and only a mustache. You're going to join the club with me. Uh, I also took under 750 yards for MVS. Matt Connor had the over, and that was some bourbon whiskey. Uh, you and I also had Carl Karlof, Loftus versus Minnehu. I had Carl You had a Minnehu on who would have more sacks this year, and you knew the suspension was coming. That's also I, I didn't
0: know. I didn't know a six game suspension just, was coming.
1: Just gonna go ahead and say I got some nice prizes coming my way. It looks like.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like I was also so I kind of feel like I was right about Skymore because. I was one of the only people coming out of the draft saying that Rasheed Rice was a power slot. Everyone else was comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins. I was comparing him to guys like Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, poor man, CeeDee Lamb. And I, I mean, I was told by the Chiefs that that valuable slot role that, that got the corpse of Juju Smith-Schuster almost a thousand yards last year was given to Sky Moore. And apparently Rasheed Rice won it over. So I was expecting whoever had that
1: role to blossom whatever makes you sleep better at night that bourbon from you will make me sleep better at night uh but i will it, say i might send
0: you there's a bourbon called Rider's tears which i think would be appropriate
1: apt apt, Very uh, apt. i i might go dump when it says to bench mvs because my thought process is i want to see less mvs but I don't want to see him out entirely because while I don't think he's a great wide receiver or merely even a good wide receiver, who else are you going to put in for him Like to, to run that specific route tree that he runs? he has a specific role that's pretty much either him or Justin Watson. While, yes, I want to see more Justin Watson uh, than, than MVS, I don't want to see Justin Watson out there 100% of the time. You know, I, I want to see MVS and Justin Watson split that one role and split it fairly equally. Now, my thought process is can Kadarius Toney do some of the same stuff as well? Potentially. But we've not seen him show an ability to stay healthy or play that much of, or have that much of a workload. Um, the issue is the Chiefs have so many slot receivers, as, as we've mentioned time and time again, right? It's not just as simple as, oh, he's a better player, throw him out there on the outside, it'll be the same thing. It's not. It's It's just not. Um, you talk to a lot of wide receivers. There, there are some nuances between slot and the outside um, that maybe the, the average person doesn't quite understand. So I don't think benching MVS is going to actually fix anything until you actually replace MVS. That's the real uh, solution here. Okay. But yeah, Steve, I agree with Steve. MVS and Watson are redundant. I'm with you there. Like I agree with you, Steve Cashman, the Chad, compl- they are to me about the v- very similar players.
0: Steve Cashman had an, another interesting comment here. He said, and this is hilarious to me because I was sitting here saying how Patrick and Matt threw me under the bus and how I actually was right in this one. Best has the worst takes on AA and it's not close. Okay, yeah. everyone has their flavor. That's fine.
1: <sighs> it's a great take, Steve.
0: Don't know what I did to piss in your Cheerios, but uh, sorry, did, brother. Did
1: you did you piss in his Cheerios? You know when people say that? I've always wondered, like, well, well did you actually? Because if I woke up and there was piss in my Cheerios. Oh. First off, I'd say, why why do I have Cheerios? I, I, I'm a, a banana bread person for breakfast.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be really weird since you don't eat Cheerios. I'm and an they oatmeal br- man. Yeah, I'm an they, oatmeal man, yeah. And they brought they brought cheerios to your house just to piss in them. That
1: seems yeah. like a lot of work to me. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two, two. too, too, too splash back to the splashback from the bowl. I can't imagine that going over very well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Try to aim inside of one of the, uh, the Cheerios. Well, we are really going, going off the tracks here. So we will get back to the Kansas city stock market and defensive coordinator. Steve Spagnolo has been the top coach in the entire chiefs organization this year even over Andy Reid. pump or dump?
1: yeah pump i i don't know how you can argue with this this year right we're not talking about career obviously but also Spax has had a illustrious career as a defensive coordinator but this year yeah he's been unreal what Spax could not do anything different a top 3 defense in the NFL Top three. I get there's a lot more talent than he's had in the past, but holy bleep, he's done a phenomenal job. He's using the versatility. He's using the guys he has. He's allowing, again, I think this is an effort they're doing with with uh, Jerry C to, to be physical. They're saying, know, yeah, I don't care if you get a penalty or two. Be physical. And it's worked. Oh, yes, this year, for sure, Spags has been the top coach in the Chiefs organization.
0: Yeah. Not as easy as the MVS pump, but this is a no brainer for me. Steve Spagnolo has been a maestro conducting this defense. Uh, Really, he just has such a knack for dialing up the right thing at the right time. I don't know that there's anybody better at knowing when to blitz and who to blitz and when to throw, uh, you know, kind of fake people out, fake pressures and and simulated pressures and all that kind of stuff. He just always seems to be one step ahead of the offense. And I think we're seeing for the first time, Steve Spagnolo has great defensive talent across the board. He doesn't have like one position group. That's a deficiency. I, I would say probably safety is our weakest group, but even that group I would say is probably slightly above average because you have three guys who can play. So there's really no holes in this defense. And when you give Steve Spag- Spagnolo a defense with no holes, he doesn't wait until December or the playoffs to cook. He starts cooking in the fall. And we all know he's going to get better as the season goes on, because that's what Spags does. And he's going to bring out these kind of bespoke game plans for the playoffs. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, I would, uh, I would watch out.
1: Final uh, pump or dump. The Chiefs will run the table. They're playing at the Packers, against the Bills, at the Patriots, against the Raiders, against the Bengals, and then they finish up at the Chargers, and then they will clinch the one seed yet again. Pump or dump?
0: They're running the table, baby. Th- this schedule is lined up very nicely. Uh, I-, I actually kind of think this game might be the toughest because the Packers are really in the playoff hunt and Lambeau this time of year is not a place you really want to play. It is, it is frigid. The fans will be worked up into a frenzy. Uh, The bills are kind of a shell of themselves and we get them at home. The Patriots are a laughingstock. They're done. Bill Belichick is done. The Raiders. We always have the Raiders number. Even when we spot them 14 points, we still kick their ass. The Bengals, Jake Browning, I mean, what more need I say? And then the Chargers, I think the final week of the Chargers, I mean, you want to look up lame duck in the dictionary. That's Brandon Staley. I know that Chargers' ownership's not going to fire him in season. That's just not how they roll. But I think he is dead man walking. You know, he's done. So I like it. I like us getting those six games. And uh, I I think the, the, the Ravens have a tougher schedule than us. So we also benefit from that. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm pumping. There's only two games that I that that I have any sort of questions over uh, at the Chargers because the Chiefs might be sitting their starters. Right, that's a real possibility if the, if the Chiefs win the first five and the Ravens lose even one. Um, Based on tiebreaker, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs could sit. Again, that also comes down to the Jags, and they would have to lose a game as well, I guess, technically two. Um, but the Bills game is the only other game I have any sort of question about. The reason being is the Bills have a very difficult end to their season. I'm not denying that, but it got a little easier with um, Joe Burrow getting injured. Then you look at the yeah. teams above them, and you're sitting here going, you're telling me they're gonna they're going to miss it. But the Browns, who have no quarterback, the Steelers, who have no quarterback, um, the Colts, who have no quarterback, are all going to make it in the Bills or not. The Broncos, like, like, like the Broncos are playing out of their mind right now. Their turnover margin is absurd. Now, I think the Broncos are actually a decent team, but they're going to have some come-down-to-earth moment soon. Yeah, they've recovered like 75 fumbles or something. It's ridiculous. The Bills have been one of the more unlucky teams in the NFL all season long. A lot of the underlying numbers actually really likes the Bills, especially offensively. It all comes down to turnovers for them. All comes down to that. You know, Josh Allen typically plays well against Mahomes. He typically plays well against Kansas City. It's what he's done in the in the past. Now it hasn't always worked out, especially in the playoffs. But like that 13-second game, he played really well. It wasn't his necessarily they lost no not at and, all and, and so i'm sitting here going that might be for the bills playoff hopes that might be it they're going to throw everything every possible thing at kansas city but i still don't think it's going to be enough i just don't with what we have seen from legerious Sneed and trent mcduffie they are more than apt to take down and cover and take care of stefan Diggs and big game dave gabe sorry Dalton Kincaid's a very it solid tight end. It doesn't matter titan. what his name is. Dalton Kincaid's a very solid tight end at that point. I think Dalton knocks me back as well. That's the only question I have. But Stephon Diggs does not give me any any cause to pause. Uh, Gabe Davis, and, and quite frankly, um, yeah, I say that's the only game I really have a question about. But I think the Chiefs take care of business. And that defense with all
0: its injuries and aging has low-key been kind of trash. They've been bad. You know, so I, it, they don't really scare me. The only thing that scares the, me about them is is if the chiefs offense has one of these nights where they're heavily penalized they have a lot of drops and josh allen just starts speaking in tongues and walking on water out there and just has an all-timer you know just gets on a heater that could certainly happen because i think he tends to be pretty good when he's backed in a corner it certainly wasn't his fault i didn't think that they lost the eagles he played great
1: yeah they should have won that game yeah
0: yeah so i think they played the eagles like that they'll probably play play us like that so so, yeah, but come on, guys, we're we're going to be the one seed again. That's what we do. That is just what we do.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it runs through Arrowhead. It's the Arrowhead Invitational. It's going to happen again.
0: Honestly, you know, it, it's not, you don't want to jinx yourself looking this far ahead, but I would say, I mean, you could make an argument that the best three teams in the league right now are in the NFC because
1: I know you, you hate this, but Dak and the Cowboys, man. I mean... Dog, I've given him credit now. I do stack in the box on Tuesdays with Ian McMillan. I said, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I think Dak Prescott needs more love for MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the running game's been bad. I mean, Tony Pollard hasn't been good, you know? I'm sitting here with a pocket knife like, what are you doing, Dak Prescott? (laughs)
0: cd lamb offensive player of the year maybe micah parsons defensive player of the year well now that miles garrett is hurt maybe that will happen but but i think uh you know you don't want to be foolish and look ahead to like hey the only three teams that can beat us are san francisco the eagles and and dallas but i would say those are the other three best teams right now in the entire league i'm not gonna put jacksonville up there with them are you
1: no. And, and again, Dallas doesn't scare me as a Chiefs fan. They scare me if they were playing, I don't know, the Giants. Maybe
0: the Eagles. Maybe the, they don't scare me from the 49ers. The 49ers curb stomp them every time they play. So so I think the 49ers are the team that that everyone should be the most frightened them and us, because Mahomes is the boogeyman every time we get in the playoffs. Uh it's just someone said in the chat, this is this is the dynasty uh, in the makings, the golden era of being a cheese fan. We just got to soak it all up with that. That's all we've got addicts, big props to the chat. We appreciate you guys. We love it when you agree with us. We probably love it even more when you disagree with us because it's hey, it sparks great conversation that makes great radio. That's what we're here for before you roll out. Do us a favor by liking this video, consider subscribing if you're not, cause you really should be we're growing fast. We're adding a ton of content. And if you're an audio listener, either on Spotify or Apple Podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating. That always helps us reach more fans. We will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, go Chiefs.